ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, unwanted pets and relatives, greetings. It is I, your fit. You know, my wife always says that I sound like a uh, circus ring announcer when I do my opening. I don't know. Do you guys get that vibe? Anyway, greetings. It is I, your favorite obscure social studies teacher. With just enough expertise to make things interesting, Mr. Palumbo, and this is the Professor Liberty Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, folks, to this first episode of 2022. Man, I still feel like I'm in 2019. Does anybody else feel that way? Like, I wake up in the morning and I can't believe, one, it's 2022, and I can't believe, two, that Joe Biden is president. Now, to be fair, I never thought Barack Obama or Donald Trump would be president either. So clearly my sentiments on who the American public is going to vote for is wholly inadequate. Gotta love democracy. If you'd like to email the show, the email is professorliberty1776 at gmail.com. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star rating. So I hope everyone's new year is starting out well. I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what to make an episode on. And man, I have to tell you, I just haven't been inspired. You know, I love that feeling of when you're inspired and create something, you know. I like creating things. That's why I like music. I like just playing music and creating things. I hate being, you know, confined by rules and schedules. And, uh, you know, I just love it when everything falls into place. It's so cool when that happens, but conversely, it's kind of like you're in the valley when you're not feeling very inspired. That's why I give a lot of props to guys and gals that podcast every day. I mean, it's got to be tough. However, many podcasters have material that occurs on a daily or weekly basis, like sports or current events. Well, you know, here at Professor Liberty, we do social studies, so super exciting. And, you know, we try to stay away from the political shock jock stuff. Now, I just took a swipe at Biden, but I mean, come on, it's easy, low-hanging fruit. I mean, we try not to dive into the political realm unless it's absolutely necessary and it serves the purposes of learning. Boy, today is going to be an interesting show. So as the new semester started last week, we started diving into World War I, in world history, and World War II in U.S. history. And it's funny because the students have to sometimes correct me as I get my wars mixed up, depending on which period I'm teaching. What's neat about teaching is you always learn something new, or you catch things that you've never noticed before. For example, I learned, or should I say I noticed, covering World War II, that both sides basically had the same name, the Triple Alliance, and the Triple Entente. And I never put together that the word Entente, which is French, means friendly agreement or understanding. Uh, basically, an alliance. I also emphasized to the class this year that Hitler's attack on the Soviet Union was truly one of his worst follies. And he's got many. The First World War, if you remember, Germany was greatly handicapped by the fact that they had to fight a two-front war. They had to fight Great Britain and France in the West and Russia in the East. Now, in the beginning of World War II, Hitler made a non-aggression pact with the Soviets, seemingly in the guise not to make the same mistake. This strategically was a good idea 
One writer put it this way, quote, The non-aggression pact meant that unlike World War I, when, when Germany had to fight a two-front war, they could now concentrate all their resources on the West. Hitler finally got the breathing space he needed to take Poland and strike France with all his might. Stalin, on the other hand, had just purged all his military top officials and needed time to build up his army without the threat of attack. It was a win-win situation for both dictators, unquote. So why did Hitler break this pact with his communist neighbors? It really comes down to hatred and distrust. Nazis and communists hate each other, which the political scientist in me finds rather ironic since they have more in common ideologically than they have differences. They are both totalitarian. They both believe in government control over most of society. They're both extremely anti-democratic. And the list goes on. No matter the case, they hated each other and they didn't trust each other and this was going to boil over eventually. Most scholars claim that Hitler was paranoid that Stalin was going to break the pact first. Which, if you know anything about Stalin, that paranoia isn't really misplaced. So anyways, history repeats itself and Germany finds itself in a two-front war which would eventually lead to its demise just like it did in 1918. Another similarity of both wars is the use of propaganda. And it's really what I want to discuss mostly today. What is propaganda? Is propaganda good? Is it bad? Is there still propaganda today? A definition I like to use for propaganda is simply one-sided presentation of information. However, a more dynamic definition is information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. So propaganda has two parts. It's biased and misleading, and it has an agenda. It's meant to promote something. Now, even though it's not 1930s Nazi Germany, you better believe we are inundated with propaganda daily here in 2022. Some propaganda is benign, like television advertisements. Ads are, in some ways, propagandic. The message is overtly positive or overtly negative, depending on what the powers that be want you to do or not do. For example, take vaping or anti-tobacco commercials, which is funded by the government, by the way. Think about those versus alcohol or beer drinking commercials. You've all probably seen the anti-vaping commercial where the guy vapes and then these metal particles from the vapor turn into this Godzilla-like creature and they chase him out of the arena. Totally realistic, right? Well, compare that to the beer commercial where everyone's smiling, they're all in good shape, they all have tans, there's bikinis, there's palm trees, there's beaches... What message are you is being conveyed there? Drink beer and have a good time. Seems rather hypocritical, right? Movies have always been effective mediums for propaganda. And as a kid of the 80s, I must confess, I consumed a lot of the Cold War, anti-communism, pro-America propaganda that Hollywood was creating. In fact, in an article that just came out this week, 
quoting the CEO of Disney as saying how much influence his company has over shaping and influencing the culture. I got a chuckle out of that as tad ironic because I'm sure his idea of shaping the culture is just a tad different um, of old Walt Disney's uh, view of shaping the culture. And, you know, just I was just thinking as I'm talking about Walt Disney, he was quite familiar with propaganda himself. The U.S. government paid him to make anti-Nazi cartoons during the war. So Mickey Mouse was an anti-communist and an anti-Nazi. Well, like most things, Hollywood no longer likes America and is now dedicated to making movies that go against anything that appears to convey traditional Americana. I believe this is the main driver in in this constant remaking of these classic movies. They're remaking these classic movies and they're turning them into feminist, progressive, anti-white, anti-Christian, anti-capitalist, gender identity movies because people know that movies are a powerful uh, vehicle for propaganda. Strong white males are being replaced with strong minority women leads. James Bond, your mission is almost up, my friend. But why do all this? Just because I grew up loving America and being proud of my country, which the propaganda set out to achieve, today's youngsters are learning the opposite. White people are the devil. America is evil. Communism is the best solution for the world's problems. People are getting a steady dose of, listen to the experts, stop questioning things, white supremacy is on the rise, we're going to die from climate change. If you question any of these narratives, you will be ostracized and labeled a conspiracy theorist. Are you guys getting this point? Propaganda is everywhere. Many parents are wondering, what's happening to their kids? One minute their kid seems normal and he's having, you know, he's a, he's a basic kid. He's a boy. He's a girl. Now they're going, they're coming home from school gender confused or depressed or suicidal. I believe much of this is the propaganda kids are consuming on TikTok and YouTube. There was just a story the other day of the growing trend of young people going on to TikTok and sharing about their multi-personality disorders. And, lo and behold, guess what's happening? Skyrocketing numbers of people who claim to now have multiple personalities. Much of what is being presented at school and colleges is indeed propaganda and not real instruction or education. And here's the thing. The less these kids use critical thinking, the more susceptible they are to the propaganda. So there's an incentive for people in power to what do I want to say? Create generations of people who aren't going to question. You know, power does not want to be transparent. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, dictator. Uh, I, don't, I don't care what you are. Power does not want to be questioned, right? We don't, they, don't want to, they don't want to have to answer for all the crap that they're doing. They want you to just consume the propaganda. And if you don't know how to think for yourself... That's easy to do. You know, propaganda during the wars was used to boost enlistment and to fund the war effort and even to stoke hatred for the enemy. 
This hatred for the enemy was prevalent in World War I. You can right now Google World War I propaganda posters. Google this. World War I propaganda posters, Germany. Or, um, you know, American World War I posters, Germany. And you'll find this one poster, and it's got a gorilla. And the gorilla has a German-style helmet on it, and it says militarism. In one hand, the gorilla has a bloodied club with the German word for culture, and I'm going to butcher this, Kutor. And on the other, he's got this helpless maiden, and her dress is ripped, and she looks like she has been violated. Of all the propaganda posters I've studied, this one is the most radical, in my opinion. The question is, why did the U.S. feel they had to go to such extreme lengths to, in their depiction of the Germans? Well, one reason is that there was a rather large first-generation German population that resided in America at the time. Perhaps many of those newly Americanized Germans didn't see their home country as, quote, the bad guys. Ancestry.com writes it this way. When World War I broke out in Europe in 1914, relationships shifted on both sides of the Atlantic. German immigrants in the United States were suddenly scrutinized as their homeland fought their new adopted nation. Many had settled in German communities, but with a government looking for proof of patriotic devotion, they were now expected to buy war bonds, sing the national anthem, and publicly renounce their native country. Some Americans even feared that these immigrant populations would make trouble and slow the war effort, triggering a wave of anti-German sentiment. In restaurants, sauerkraut became liberty cabbage. Hamburgers became liberty patties. Cities were renamed from Berlin, Iowa to Lincoln, Iowa. Germantown, Nebraska to Garland, Nebraska. After the armistice ended the war on November 11, 1918, fears of German-American treachery slowly dissipated. Unquote. So this answers the question as to why the guerrilla poster was so extreme. The U.S. government wanted to portray the Germans, or anyone who supported the Germans, as subhuman creatures. They wanted to instill fear and hatred. The easiest way to fan the flames of hatred is to dehumanize other people. Remember that. Propaganda can be positive, however. Like I said, they wanted the positive things to come from the propaganda. For example, and I'm just going to mention this briefly, let's take the vaccinations, the COVID vaccinations. The people that are pushing the COVID vaccinations think it's a positive. They want more people to get the shot. However, the reason this indeed goes under propaganda is there is only one narrative. Get the shot and you won't get sick. However, this narrative is breaking down daily as more and more people that have gotten one shot, two shots, both shots in the booster, a couple boosters down the road, the third booster coming in, these people are getting sick as well. So it is propaganda because you cannot question that. You can't bring that to the table and have a discussion. You know, presidents have, uh, you know, I remember uh, the young Barack Obama in his first term, he said one thing he's learned as president is, was things that presidents say have an amazing impact on the culture and the society. Presidents in the past 
would say things like, the best days are ahead of us. You know, I'm thinking like Ronald Reagan, it is morning again in America. Or FDRs, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And these sentiments go a long way in propelling the nation forward in a positive vibe, right? It could be kind of propagandic. But then I have to think about President Biden's, uh, his tweet a few months ago or a few weeks ago where the winter is going to be uh, sad and, and it's full of death and destruction for the people who have not got the shot. It's propaganda, folks. So how can we tell if something's propaganda? Great question. As you consume information throughout your day and you're trying to discern whether it is objective information or whether the propaganda or whether it's indeed propaganda, here's a simple checklist. Number one, is emotional language used? Propaganda is the most effective when it can influence fear, anger, your emotions. For example, what if you read something like this? COVID cases skyrocket as children go back to school. Man, that's a little scary. How about this one? COVID cases soar as Republican-led states drop the mask mandate. Now, I literally just pulled those words out of thin air, but I guarantee you if you were to Google that, you'd find news articles that said things similar to that. However, did you notice something? Did you pay close attention? I mean, when you practice identifying propaganda, you have to pay close attention. It says cases, cases, not hospitalizations, not deaths, cases. Notice they include something about children. Nearly any good parent would want to protect their children, right? Perhaps not going back to school is a better thing. Maybe we should keep Johnny locked up in his room. Perhaps having another lockdown is the way to go. People start questioning these things. They start being pushed into a certain direction. How about Republicans and masks? Didn't say anything about Democrats. Now, I am old enough to remember when Dr. Fauci, I was watching the uh, press conference. Dr. Fauci himself said from his own mouth that cloth masks and simple surgical masks are ineffective in stopping the spread. Notice the message, though. Republican-led states are dropping the masks. Republicans want people to die. Republicans don't care about people. Now, it goes without saying, and I shouldn't have to say this, that I'm not anti-vax. And I don't think COVID is fake. It has affected my family. And the reason I even have to say that I'm not these things is because we've been so conditioned. If someone comes out against it, you're already been conditioned. <gasps> He's a radical. He's an anti-vaxxer. You've been conditioned, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot have a question. We can't have a, uh, a, a criticism of the narrative. All I'm trying to say is we are being propagandized daily. And how do you know this? Well, that leads us into our second thing about propaganda. Propaganda is one-sided. Whether it's positive or negative, whether you're supposed to be drinking beer on the beach or you're not supposed to vape, it's a narrative and it only gives you one side. And whatever the narrative is, that one thing can be heard. All other views are suppressed. This happened a lot in the Soviet Union. Many things about the capitalist West were outlawed or suppressed. You couldn't own rock and roll records. You couldn't own blue jeans. Movies and television shows were not allowed. Why? 
because the narrative was capitalism is evil. People under capitalism are living in misery and oppression from the bourgeois. Well, you'd watch some of these shows and you'd, you'd go, uh, they don't look like they're miserable. No, 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 no. Believe me, communism is superior. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't have any running water. They seem to have running water. Never mind. Communism is superior. Man, they got nice cars and they got big houses. I'm living in a one-room shack with no water. I have to take the public train. No, 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 no. That is all fake. Communism is superior. You see what's going on, folks? You see how this is propaganda? The real challenge is when you're, when you're opened up to this, when you're opened up to this reality, is to not become bitter and closed and, uh, and, and shut down. And I think a lot of Americans and a lot of people around the world are just not listening to their governments anymore, not listening to the news anymore. And it's that boy cries wolf scenario. Because when something really happens, when there's something, when there's information we really need to know, I think there's going to be whole swaths of people that are just not going to listen because they've been lied to over and over and over. And I would encourage you, you got to stay open. You know, when I hear something going on, I try to, oh, well, that sounds a little weird. Let me try to find out. You got to really search for the truth, ladies and gentlemen. The truth is not going to just be at your doorstep. You got to really search for it and you got to check your heart and your own bias. Well, there you have it, folks. Propaganda 2022. We are in it. We are knee deep in it. Please try to find your way through it. Navigate through the information. Don't just accept it because Google said so. Don't just accept it because Donald Trump said yes or no. Don't just accept it because Barack Obama said yes or no. Don't just accept it. Be well, I don't think anybody's listening to Biden, but it's propaganda, folks. And we got to we got to navigate our way through it. Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to email the show, the email is professorliberty1776 at gmail.com. You can also go to teacherspayteachers.com, and you can look for activities and lessons and worksheets that I've made personally for your own homeschooling or your own classroom. Until next time. Go throughout the land and proclaim liberty.